Hey guys, thanks for checking out the My Career Path podcast. And yes, I know it's not a Monday. It is Friday. And on Fridays, I've decided to do a little bit more of the research episodes, hopefully share some stuff that's been on my mind, as well as just talk to you guys about different findings that I've had. So hope you guys enjoy these episodes. I'm going to try to do them over the next couple of months and we'll see how it goes. So let's get into it. I want to talk about how to build the perfect resume. So one of the first things is doing the research for actually understanding what a resume is and what it's used for. The word resume is a French word that means to summarize, which is why it's spelled exactly like resume, because it's French and the little accents actually make all the difference. So quite literally, you are summarizing your work experience to apply for a new career or a new position or a new job. This tradition was actually somewhat started by Leonardo da Vinci way back in 1482. While riding to the Duke of Milan asking for a job, he listed off his skills and what he could bring to the table to assist the Duke in, in creating more durable chariots with more protection. Over the centuries, resumes have become a staple in applying for work. Even though it's been around for centuries, we may still have trouble understanding what we should put on a resume. What kind of information do we actually need to say? And what do we need to focus on? So Ken Coleman, one of my favorite career coaches, offers a guide to anyone looking to build their resume. He lists five different steps to build and create the perfect resume. He also kind of challenges some of the regular approaches to resumes, especially in the layout and formatting. The very first thing that Ken Coleman recommends is putting the list of references first at the very top. Let the people know who you know, especially when you know people at the company or place you're applying for. Having a good recommendation from someone can actually help you sift through the pile of resumes and get right to the top of someone's hiring list. The second idea Ken Coleman has is to list the main reason why you want to work at the company. Address their mission and their values, their core statement, their mission statements, and show that you've actually put in some research. This isn't just another job you're applying for in an endless list, but somewhere you actually want to work and learn from. Highlighting the key areas on how your values and the companies align can help you stand out in their minds, which is the main goal of the resume. Make sure that you're someone who's actually remembered by HR or by whoever the hiring manager is. The next thing Ken Coleman talks about is explaining why you would be a good fit for the position. Help them understand that they need you in order for them to win. This also helps show that you've actually read the job listing. You've read the responsibilities and roles and so that you can actually assist in fulfilling those roles. The section that actually follows this one is typically what makes up the bulk of resumes and was definitely the bulk of my resume, the work experience. He recommends only including what's relevant to the position you're applying for. If it has nothing to do with the position, then don't include it on your resume. Your resume doesn't need to summarize your entire life, but rather relevant pieces that actually apply and connect with the position you're going for. The last thing Ken Coleman suggests is putting your skills and what you can do. Put your training and education on your resume but no, it isn't the most important part. So when I was doing the research about the resume, I was kind of looking over this advice and looking over my most recent resume. And honestly, my resume was actually basically backwards from what he recommended. My references were at the very bottom of the page. Additionally, I, I didn't even include any real references, just a line that said references available upon request. Almost believing that they would reach out to me for those references. The most important part of the resume, according to Ken Coleman, the references, wasn't even on my resume, which probably explains when I was looking for jobs way back when I wasn't hearing back too often. I had always been told to keep my skills, training, certificates, education at the top because that's what people wanted to see first. But the more I did the research, the more I realized that that's not really the case. 
So I had to start to shake things up on my resume. I had to rework it, basically, to follow more with what's suggested by America's career coach, tailoring my resume better to a position more fully. Yes, it means that we'd have to put in more work and effort. We can't just have one general resume that will solve all of our problems and can be applied to any position, any job listing ever. But it also helps us to put in that little effort up front to actually see better results. In the long run, we should hope to hear back from more people. Another resource that I was using to kind of build the perfect resume was actually by a Harvard Business Review, and it was done earlier this year. They actually speculate that the majority of resumes are typically way too dry, including language that's actually void of any emotion or spirit and instead are more of just a laundry list, a checklist of things that people have done. These resumes don't really show what the candidate is capable of, but rather a to-do list of things that they've accomplished, which may or may not have anything to do with the position or listing that they're actually applying for. So they recommend a couple of changes as well. The first thing they recommend is to write a complete unedited list of your work history, all the way down to actually your very first job, walking dogs or mowing the grass, whatever it was when you were maybe 13, 14, 15, and just looking to get a little bit of extra cash. This is a similar thing to what I do when I interview people. I want to know their entire work history. I want to know where they started and how they got to where they were. Because for me, it's a whole path. It's a whole journey. So writing out all of those experiences and jobs, you actually can start to see patterns that, that develop. Like in this most recent episode with Jason Kirshner that came out this last week, he's actually had a lot of experiences where he worked in those fast-paced environments, working in restaurants and bars, recruiting world, making sure that you're making those connections quickly and efficiently. And then to kind of end up in a startup like he did where, again, random fires will pop up now and then that you have to take care of. So when you lay out all the jobs like that, you can start to see skills, patterns, and see what you're really like, what jobs you actually really enjoyed, what positions you actually wanted. The next thing that this article from the Harvard Business Review suggests is putting the first thing on your resume should actually be a few sentences about you, what your strengths are, what drives you to work, and how you hope to impact the world. And that was something that I found really comforting in a way where the very first thing on the resume should be about yourself. It should be a tailored response to show who you are, show a little bit of your character, and especially that part about hoping to impact the world. Because I think we all have some kind of a, a hope to do or accomplish something and have some kind of effect on either the world or the people around us. And so being able to show them, this is what I want to do, this is kind of what I'm made of, what drives me to succeed, what drives me to improve myself, I think is a really key part of resumes and gives it a little bit more personal touch and getting away from that too dry uh, resumes that I think are all too frequent. So sharing those three areas of strengths, what drives you and how you hope to impact the world can actually help whoever's potentially reading your resume to get a good feel for you, to get a a little bit of an idea of who you are instead of just what you've done. One of the last things that this article actually talks about is rereading your resume and scoring it on a scale of 1 to 10 based on how energized it makes you feel. And to be honest, when looking over my current resume, I would say that it's probably a 3. It definitely felt more like a laundry list of things that I've done, things that I've accomplished rather than who I am, what I hope to do, what really drives me. So it felt a lot more like a list that I had put on a piece of paper, hoping that someone would see that and go, wow, this is the perfect fit. They, they have all of the requirements. They made everything. 
And so when I was applying for jobs, very rarely did I make a resume specifically tailored to a position. Generally, I tried to make it as broad as possible because I wanted to apply to as many places as possible, really going for that quantity mindset over the quality instead of trying to find a position that actually worked for me, something that I would actually enjoy. I'd rather went for please just anyone who is paying enough, just take me on. I'll, I'll make it work. So actually tailoring a resume that addresses specific parts of the job, make sure the interviewer and hiring manager sees that you actually put some thought into it. Make sure that you actually care about what you're applying for. Another resource that I have access to is actually talking with HR managers. Doug Bullock, who is my dad and the current head of human resources at Utah State University, I started talking with him about resumes because he does a lot of hiring, firing, and retiring. So if anyone should know quite a bit about what to look for in a resume, it would be a current HR manager. And so he gave me a list of his top four items that really stand out to him when looking at applicants' resumes. The first thing is relevant or comparable experience, kind of going back to what we talked about earlier, making sure that what is included actually matches with what the position kind of lists, what the job listing is actually requiring. Showing what you've done and what is similar to the position, uh, and I would probably double down on that and say, hey, throw in some referrals, people who can back that up and say how much you've worked on something, how good and effective you are at those certain jobs or tasks. The next item Doug looks for is actually job progression that's actually consistent with the position. Are you growing in a position? Are you growing more into a leadership role? Are you improving or are you staying in the same spot periodically? Another key that he looks for is job stability. He wants to see how often or how frequently you bounce around or change positions because that can really show loyalty and really show trust. If there's someone who's changing jobs every three months and a hiring manager would see that, well, that kind of looks strange to them because why are you leaving in only three months? Is there is there a problem with the places or is it more of with the applicant? The last key that Doug actually talked about was will the skills that are shared actually correlate with the position? Essentially looking to see if you'll actually add value to the team in the allotted way. And will you be able to improve the team in a meaningful way? And one of the things that I found most interesting, especially in doing the research between Harvard Business Review, Ken Coleman, and in talking with human resource managers is the fact that they don't talk a whole lot about training and education, that certificates and education and whatnot can be learned on the job. You can be trained how to do a certain position or how to do a certain job. Ultimately, they value a lot more of the referrals and making sure that you have a consistent job progression, that you are reliable, loyal, and someone that they can depend on. So it's critical to keep learning and honing your skills, and you have to kind of go out of your way to develop yourself and to actually build yourself up. Ultimately, what you're trying to do when you're sending your resume is to make yourself memorable to the hiring team. You want to have your resume be something that people look at and go, yeah, yeah, this is who's going to help us win. This is who I want on my team. Finding ways to show how you can help them and do that and leave an impression on just one piece of paper. It can be a difficult challenge, but as you kind of listen to the tips and tricks that I've talked about and look at different examples of what works and what doesn't, I think it'll ultimately help you actually land that dream position. And I would also highly recommend going and checking out the previous episodes that I've done with Ben Davidson and Doug Bullock. Both of those guys have been in the HR world for many, many years, and they know what to look for and how to make yourself stand out, especially in the Ben Davidson interview where we talked about his book and making sure that you know what job you're going for, finding that passion, and then actually landing that position. 
Just jumping in here real quick to share a website I've used and will continue to use to improve myself and my career. Skillshare is an online learning community with over 20,000 classes to choose from. Whatever you're passionate about, you can find an amazing class on Skillshare to hone your practice. Skillshare has what you need. Learning is so critical for our lives and is a lifelong journey. Even when we finish school, we should keep on learning and keep working to improve ourselves. So you can try Skillshare absolutely free for one month. Go to Skillshare.com and sign up and use the code MYCAREERPATHFREE. That's all lowercase, no spaces to start your first month at no charge. And when you do decide to keep on taking those classes, use the code MYCAREERPATH30, that's MYCAREERPATH30, to get 30% off your first year on Skillshare. Keep learning and keep going. Now let's get back to the show. One of the last interesting changes that have been up and coming over the last few years is the the usage of AI in the hiring process. AI is something that is becoming more and more prevalent in a lot of different fields. And AI is actually being used by HR teams to actually sift through resumes and actually pull out certain keywords, which can be better or worse for the applicant. If you know what to put on your resume so that the AI pushes you through, you have somewhat of a leg up when you're applying compared to someone who wouldn't. And so AI can actually read through resumes at a much quicker pace and it can save the HR person quite a bit of time. So now not only do you have to have a resume that helps you stand out to a human person, but you also have to make it stand out to a robot as well. So an article from enterpriseproject.com actually shares five key tips to make sure that your resume makes it through that AI screening process. The first tip that they talk about is make sure that you're not just trying to beat the system, as it were. If your resume is just trying to throw as many keywords into it as possible, looking more of like a bingo card, making sure I check off all the boxes rather than something that actually conveys information, as soon as it gets to the hiring manager, it's going to get thrown out. And so you need to make sure that you're hitting certain keywords, and most of those are going to come from the job listing itself. As you read over the listing, see what words are repeated, see what words are actually important and resonate with the employer and make sure to include those in your descriptions of who you are and your previous experiences. The second tip is similar to what we've actually talked about before, making sure your resume is actually tailored to the specific job that you're applying for. Draw connections and reference what you've already done in the past, different projects or experiences that you've had that actually show that you would be capable and dependable in the given position. This will both help AI and the hiring manager see that you've actually read through the job listing and have relevant experience that would help them to fulfill all the responsibilities of that role. The third tip is to make sure that your formatting is very clean and clear. AI really just goes over different bits and sections of your resume. It doesn't actually read through the whole thing. So if you have your formatting as different text boxes or kind of sporadic all over, the AI can get a little bit confused. The fourth recommendation is to make sure your resume actually follows the typical advice that we've talked about earlier, making sure you have relevant experience, listing your skills. Don't just have it be a laundry list of things that you've done. Make it personal, make it memorable. The fifth tip is actually to make someone else read your resume before you send it off. Have a trusted friend or advisor or your parent actually read over it and give you feedback. And even if they're not a hiring manager or an HR person, they'll still be able to say, hey, this is something that I think is really good. This is something I don't think really applies. It's just nice to get other opinions to bounce off of because instead of just having it all solely on you, it might sound great in your own head, but when it's put on the paper, it might not sound the same. 
And then it's also pretty important to remember with resumes that it's only the first step. Having the right soft skills to actually interact with an interviewer and making sure that you're available and that you're personable and make that kind of lasting impression is almost just as important. The resume is really just that first step to get into the door so hopefully in the interview process you can leave a greater lasting impression on whoever it is. So there you have it, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you go out and make your resume perfect. I hope it's something that you guys enjoy. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a five-star review and share it with a friend. Let me know what your guys' thoughts are by either sending me an email or going to my website, mycareerpathpodcast.com. I'd love to know what careers you guys are interested in, and hopefully I can get someone on the show to talk about it. Until next time, I'll catch you guys later. Bye.